Welcome to our podcast, Conversations About Student Mental Health. I'm Chris Leonard, clinical social worker working with adolescents for over 25 years. In this podcast, I talk with school administrators, educators, clinicians, and parents to open a dialogue that will help the growing number of students struggling with mental illness. One of the major issues affecting schools today is the dramatic increase in students with significant mental health needs. In 2016, the National Alliance on Mental Illness estimated that 16.5% of U.S. youth aged 6 to 17 experienced a mental health disorder. Those of us who work in schools have seen how deeply the current mental health crisis is affecting school-aged children and youth. One of the big challenges for directors of special services is finding the funding to support the development of effective programming for students with mental health disorders. We are fortunate to have as our guest today, Pat Hovey, who has 15 years of experience as a director of special services in New Jersey. Welcome, Pat. Hello. How are you? Oh, doing so well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. <laughs> Thanks. So let's jump right in. So let's say a director is looking for new sources of funding to drive a new mental health program for students. Where would they begin? I uh, Typically, so when I'm mentoring other directors, I've done that for a few years, I always say go to your business administrator. So what you want to try to get from the business administrator is the idea of what are the, what are the funding sources that they're using now. So typically what the um, director of special services will be in looking at would be like an IDEA funding and extraordinary aid. But the reason why you want to go to your BA is to see if there's anything else that they're using. So that would be maybe title grants that could come into play. How are they using SEMI? And those types of things. Okay. So you've, you've clarified with your BA what, what the funding sources currently being used are. What do you do next? So now you want to find out who's managing those because mm -hmm. whoever's coordinating the funds is not always the director of special services. Ah. It could be any number of people in the district. So it could be your superintendent. It could be the assistant superintendent, director of guidance, the assistant business administrator. And in, in various districts, it could be principals depending upon what programs they have in their buildings. Okay. So you have to talk with the different people, and I imagine, I imagine one of the things you might need to do if you're talking to these different stakeholders is you might need to generate a little buy-in for using some of that funding for mental health services. Correct. Would that be, yeah. Correct. Um, so how would you demonstrate that? I mean, is there kind of a needs assessment you do or... or so how, do you, how do you make that happen? Typically, if a district is already using title grants, mm -hmm. there's a needs assessment that's required to qualify for those grants. Oh, okay. So there might already be a needs assessment done. If okay. not, so IDEA is a grant that flows through the state from the feds to provide um, some relief, some assistance to each district providing special education services because it does cost more for a student who has special services than to a typical kid in a gen ed setting. Mm -hmm. So the, the federal government sends through state. And so some of those are IDEA, Extraordinary Aid, and the SEMI program, the Special Education Medicare Initiative. So those are things that you want to take a look at. But you also want, typically what happens is we look at the as educational as only the academic side. Mm -hmm. But in fact, we really should be looking at a comprehensive 
program. So that should include the mental health of our students also, because mental health can significantly impact student achievement. Yes. So that's the yes. conversation you should really be having with those stakeholders, with the principals, with the administrators. So the mental health, you know, you want to have that comprehensive approach. You want to make sure that it's not just academic support, that, that there, there's a mental health component in there. But what if it's not? What if, what if you go through that needs assessment and you don't see the mental health in there? So in the past, what I've done is, is I've gone back to the needs assessment and added that in. And, and added that in through, so you, you document the ways that you've found out that mental health is necessary. So that would be those conversations. You, you survey student staff, parents, administration. You take a look at um, the grades. So you look at the student information system and you look at grades, attendance, discipline. And how is that all correlated mm. to the possibility of are there mental health issues at, at work here? Okay, that makes a great deal of sense. Uh, you know, we had, I had discussed home instruction with somebody not long ago, and it's it's kind of a similar thing that you, when you're trying to figure out what students need, you look at disciplinary records, you look at grades, you look at referrals to the nurse's office and guidance and so forth, and you kind of look at all of these different areas of the school, and they, and from that you can often ascertain the level of need and what some of the presenting problems are. Correct. Right. Correct. And those people have an idea. They have a, a glimpse into the family life also. Mm -hmm. So that may be another contributing factor also. Right. That should really be included. Oh, excellent point. So you've, you've done your needs assessment. What, what kinds of funding sources are directors utilizing now? I think you alluded to some of them, but I just mm -hmm. want to make sure people really mm -hmm. have that. So for directors, it's typical to be IDEA. That's, mm -hmm. that's usually our first go-to. It's IDEA Part B and Extraordinary Aid and then SEMI. But the ones that I think get overlooked are those title grants that are available. And that's when you're talking about mental health and the overall condition of a student towards achievement, there's Title I, Title IV, and Title V that mm -hmm. really should be explored also. So can you tell us a little bit more about Title I, Title IV, and Title V, a little bit more about each one? Right. So Title I, I think so many districts have heard of Title I, it kind of gets bounced around a lot. I actually heard it today in a different conversation, and it's usually utilized for those buildings or districts who are experiencing uh, the ramifications of low income and, and putting those students at risk educationally. And again... With Title I, what typically is done, and I'm using that word typically a lot, but what they do is look at the academics. And so they, there's a reading program put in place or there's a math program put in place. But in fact, the trauma of that instability of income can be significant in so many aspects of a student's life and their academic achievement being primary because that's, that's their primary job. If they don't know what they're going home to, or if they're going to a home, or is there gonna be food on the table? All of those things create trauma in, in a child, in a student. So Title I certainly lends toward the, the use of it toward mental health and counseling for those students. So that's, that's one aspect. Okay. Title IV is really focused on the well-rounded aspect of a program in school. 
And if you're talking about well-rounded, that includes physical, mental, uh, emotional health and stability. And so Title IV then lends it to a student, you know, supporting the student being able to feel healthy and, and supported and safe within a school system. And so, again, impacting academic achievement, because we do look at grades, like how are our schools? That's how we measure. Everybody's got ranks and those sure. types of things. But all of this supports that. So Title IV also supports that. And as well as, you know, when we're addressing student need, then we're taking care of those things that will happen in the circumstance that these are not addressed. So unaddressed mental health issues leads towards um, extraordinary behaviors. It could be drug use. It could be uh, physical abuse, any, any one of those measures. And then Title V is for innovative programs and educational improvement. And one of the things within this grant is for the health services and community involvement. And programs such as SAGE, SAGE Thrive in district, really addresses both those. Mm -hmm. So it, can, it brings the parent, it brings the community in. It, it understands what the need of the community is being housed right in the district. It's not, you know, your child going to somewhere else in another town. It's, it's right there in their home district, understanding what's happening all around them. And, and still, these types of programs, Sage Thrive being in district, is innovative. This is not mm -hmm. something that's common within the public school. It's, right. it's, not even, it's not even a common thought of addressing mental health with our youth. Well, yes, it's typically been thought of. I mean, in our nation, it's really been thought of as a private issue. Correct. You know, people don't want to air their dirty laundry. No. They don't want, you know, they don't want this addressed. Um, and then there are families who absolutely, <coughs> I think increasingly there are families who absolutely want this kind of support. Mm -hmm. But schools are kind of saying, hey, our job is to educate, right? Right. right. So we don't, that, we don't, we're not getting involved in right. that. Um, but understanding the foundational issue right. of mental health and the mm -hmm. impact that eventually has. I had someone say to me today <coughs> that I know somebody in my buildings will be able to create something for cancer, to cure cancer. Mm -hmm. But if I don't deal with their mental health right now, they're never going to get to that opportunity right. to be able to explore that for the larger group. No, it makes perfect sense. And it, and and. The other thing that we know is that, you know, issues are interrelated. Correct. So to think of it as, you know, possibly an economic issue, mm -hmm. possibly, you know, an issue of the well-roundedness of the student, possibly, a, you know, wow, we really need to think out the side, outside the box here and we need to develop something. We need to innovate. And, and that's where the Title V would come in. That's a very helpful way to look at it. Absolutely. So what has been... Um, your personal experience in, in working with these funding sources, how have you found where, where you've developed, because I know you've developed programs. Mm -hmm. So when you've developed these programs, how specifically have these resources helped you? So the, the first thing, and maybe a little facetious, but I used to, used to say, talk fast and get it passed, but know your audience. So if I'm talking to a board of education and the superintendent, they want to know how much is this going to cost? Because whatever it's like the I, first question. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And whatever I do in special education will significantly impact general education. So I can't just think of my students in special education. I have to think of the overall impact to the general, 
the general population. And so I have to be creative. I, I, I want to be able to show, right, if you spend this much money over here, this is how much it may save you in the long run. And so you have to always be looking at we're almost robbing Peter to pay Paul kind of thing. So being able to pull from IDEA, so what typically we do for IDEA is put it into out-of-district tuition. It's the, it's the cleanest way to use that funding. However, if you think of, so putting in something like Sage Thrive, then I may not have to send out, as I say, like a student and a half, because that's how much it would cost to bring in this. So then in my out-of-district tuition, I can pull that money and, and put it into a different column. So now it's not, it's not impacting the general fund as much. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel as bad. It might be left pocket, right pocket, but it doesn't feel as bad in the general fund because I've used something specified for students with special needs. And so the gen ed kids don't feel it as much because now I've used that funding that came from an outside source. And then when I've used up all those sources, then I start going to the title funds. Because those are coming through, and, and it's not unusual that those funds aren't used to the extent that they could be. So you definitely want to leverage that money that's sitting out there. To me, if there's money sitting out there, I'm using it all. You know, it's, it's a credit card that I want to put to the max. And so those title funds really can help then make it more palatable to the population who may not feel this as much. Because you have to remember, we're talking about a, a smaller percentage of the population. Right. And so... Not quite a fifth of the population. Right. So... Which is significant. It's still significant. But and, it's and, still most people, are. this is not, this is not their right. issue. Right. And if you think about it too, you know, we always said 5% of the... If 5% of that population is having a hard time, it's taking 90% of your time. Mm -hmm. And in special, special education you have to pay my bills. And so I have to be creative so that I don't take it away from the bigger population because you still want to be able to fund gifted and talented. You have capital projects that you have to fund. So if I can find better use of that money that's already being flowed through the feds, then use it. Don't, I'm not going to let it sit there. I don't want to let it sit there. I want to be creative. And, and in fact, if I'm doing right by the students, I'm going to do right by the rest of the district. So I can imagine that, that someone listening to us today might say, wow, this is great stuff. Uh, I've thought about starting a program, and now I have some new ideas about how I might go about it. What, what advice would you give them in terms of getting started? So, I mean, take a look around. You have to talk to those administrators on site. You can certainly um, give me a call if you wanted to do that. Um, take a look. I, I, you know, at any time, I do this kind of, I'd love to teach other new directors, so I'm glad to have that conversation with anybody that would want to. Oh, that's fantastic. So uh, how would somebody reach you for that kind of consultation? Uh, my email is phovey at sagethrivetoday.com, or you can give me a call at 862-701-5110. Fantastic. Well, Pat, I really want to thank you for taking the time to spend with me today. Uh, this has been tremendously informative. I think that um, you've opened people's eyes to some new possibilities of funding sources because, you know, you, you really can't do anything without the funding. And people often worry that 
hey, you're taking away something from somebody else. So where right. you can provide that that funding and say, hey, here's how we're going to pay for it. That right. that is so important in terms of getting something passed right. and, and getting that program. In Absolutely. Place. So thank you again. That's all we have time for today. Please join us soon for another conversation about student mental health. Conversations about student mental health is brought to you by Sage Thrive, partners in school-based mental wellness. You can find the show notes on our website at www.sagethrivetoday.com. You can also suggest topics for upcoming episodes of the podcast. We'd love to know what issues related to student mental health you want to hear more about.